Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Lee Cantor here, another episode of ATDC Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. I'm joined with Ashley Messer, and he is with Transitive. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Uh, before we get too far into things, uh, tell us a little bit about Transitive. How are you serving folks? Yeah, Transitive is a customer data platform um, that uh, helps franchise and uh, network businesses, so franchises, franchisees, uh, and uh, auto dealers. Auto dealers? How did they get in the mix? Uh, <laughs> history, they're, they're one of the uh, largest dollar-wise and one of the oldest franchise models in existence, so... It's what almost uh, every franchisee, uh, franchise network uh, aspires to. Oh, really? I did not know that. Now, what's your background in franchising? You and your co-founder have a background in the franchise world? Uh, yeah. So my, my partner, Christian, has a um, uh, long background, eight years plus in, in franchising. He's uh, started a couple of uh, digital agencies uh, that serve uh, franchise business and businesses and grown them. And, uh, and then I've worked in uh, marketing technology for, uh, you know, a little over 10 years. And um, my background is uh, in that was serving auto dealers uh, for their digital marketing needs. Now, when you're dealing with the digital marketing needs of a franchisee, franchisor or car dealer, um, how have you seen that evolve over time? It just seems that, um, you know, 10 years ago, probably when your partner started, it was a different kind of landscape. Yeah. So the, the fun thing about it is that it's a landscape that's evolving constantly. And, um, I would say that, um, you know, some ways that it evolves are positive and, and some aren't so positive. I, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I thought marketing would be simpler and easier and more fully connected, uh, 10 years down the road, I would have said, Oh, a hundred percent. Cause it's the only thing that makes sense. But here we are 10 years later and, uh, digital marketing is more complicated. You have more channels, you have more things, uh, to do and focus on if you're a marketer. And so your job in a lot of ways has gotten harder, but with that, you've got a lot more opportunity than you've ever had. Now there was a time um, with marketing and advertising that people were doing a lot of gut feel guessing of how to do this, how to reach the audience that there was a lot of more traditional media billboards and TV ads and radio in the, in the traditional sense. Now it seems like you can get a lot more information about the people that are engaging with your brand in today's world. If they're, you know, on the, on their phone, on, on the different social media platforms, there's a lot of information out there and, and, and transitive, I believe kind of helps kind of hone in on that and learn from that in a pretty amazing way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that's uh, extremely um, exciting about what we're doing is that what we found is that most brands actually have a treasure trove of data already. Whether Where's this at? Uh, <laughs> it, inside their own organization. So they've got a CRM, they've got an ERP system, they've got an order management system, however their model works. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that they have information, valuable information about their customers spread out over you know five plus systems. And few, if any of those systems, except maybe the email system are actually owned by the marketer. 
So they're all third-party kind of services that they've been using? Not not just third-party services. They're services that are owned by a different function inside the business, right? Mm -hmm. So like uh, CRM, it's usually owned by sales. Right. And a lot of people lump sales and marketing in uh, together, but they're they're really not the same thing. They they sort of – they work together. Um, but so the marketer, they need all this customer data to be able to, to do marketing effectively. And there's all these uh, opportunities and all these platforms, uh, like your Google, your Facebook, um, et cetera, that where you can leverage your own customer data on there. But if you can't connect it and, uh, get a picture of the entire customer journey, uh, from the data that you have, it's really hard to do that. And it's a missed opportunity. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so now how does transitive help? Uh, so basically we'll connect to all of those systems for you. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything additional. We'll bring all that data in. We won't force any changes on the existing systems that you have. Uh, and then we'll get you one unified view of the customer. And then we'll basically take all the uh, heavy lifting out of uh, building your segments and, and all the AI that's involved in that. And we'll do it for you automatically. And then we'll, uh, let you focus on the core marketing strategy and we'll handle the integration with the media platforms and getting the data in there, getting the data back out uh, and keeping it refreshed. Now you use the word you a couple of times. And as you mentioned, the you is different people, right? Like the salesperson has a different need than the marketing person who has a different need. Um, so we work pretty much exclusively for the marketer. So for the marketer, so you're able to take everybody's data from all the different parts of the company and then give it it to the marketer so it's more actionable and they can get the most out of it. Exactly. But you're not disrupting the salesperson and any of the work they're doing. Exactly. Because they've got things that they're focused on day in and day out and they don't need any distraction or disruption in their business. Now, um, how did this idea come about? Like I know that both you and your partner had worked in the franchise industry in a variety of roles how did it get honed into this software? So, um, you know, in the process of working in, in digital marketing and marketing technology for 10 plus years, um, one of the biggest asks in all the other startups and businesses I've been in uh, from customers would constantly be like, hey, I've got this data from this system and I want to use it for marketing. And there really wasn't a way to get that data in consistently, keep it updated and freshed and uh, do anything. And so um, the, the need for a tool like transitive or a customer data platform really came. uh, I saw it firsthand and, Mm -hmm. and said, you know, gosh, wouldn't it be nice if we could have a tool that can ingest data in it from any source uh, in any format, uh, unify it, standardize it, and then um, automate the advanced uh, data analysis on it and then use it for execution. So now how did you and your partner get together? How did, did you just meet just organically through your work? Uh, somewhat. So he, his uh, last agency, he was actually a customer. Oh, and uh, uh, he was, um, he used our software and, and resold it. And at a certain point in time, he kind of realized like, Hey, wait a second, I'm running a, an agency services business, which was going great. Uh, but so there's something to this, uh, customer data platform thing and people are really responding to it. And, uh, so long story short, he sold his agency and, uh, we struck a deal for him to join transitive and, um, uh, it's been fantastic ever since. 
So now, uh, for people who aren't familiar with kind of the franchise industry, can you talk about the scope of that? Like, what does that look like? How many franchises are there? Is this something that there's a lot of them that we're not noticing? Yes. The, the franchise industry is absolutely huge. So just round numbers and, you know, people from the uh, IFA, the Fran- Franchising uh, Trade Association, they're going to uh, probably correct me. But there's something <laughs> like 5,000 franchise brands mm-hmm. in the United States covering something like 800,000 locations. Wow. Right. Um, and so if you think about a franchise business, first of all, you might think of like a, a giant franchise chain, like, like McDonald's or it, Subway or like some of these. Exactly. Right. So if you take McDonald's, Subway, Burger King, things that have true national brand awareness, you're subtracting maybe like 150,000 of those 800,000 locations. The rest are like kind of smaller, regional, local. It, exactly. Yeah. So it represents a large chunk of that 29 to 30 million mm-hmm. uh, small and medium sized businesses that are out there. And, um, and so that's that's why we we focus on that segment is because <clears throat> excuse me you're working with people that are really out there living the American dream and trying to uh, make a better life for themselves and their family. Now, do you find uh, your have you defined your sweet spot in terms of okay this works best for B two C type franchises or this works best for franchises that only have 50 locations right now? Or, like, do you have kind of an idea of, of the optimal one or is this good for anybody, any franchise or, um, you know, going into it, I would have thought there would have been, uh, you know, a, a perfect niche inside of franchising, but so far we've got brands that have well over a thousand locations and we've got brand new brands that have, you know, 18 locations and it's their first year as a, as a fully fledged franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing success across the board. Now, uh, when you implement the software, how is it for the franchise or to implement, do they start it with one or two locations or is this something they roll out the whole system? Um, yeah. So a lot of them will actually do that sort of like, well, let's test and pilot this and excuse me. And they'll, uh, they'll start by ro- uh, rolling it out on a limited number of uh, franchisees, sort of their, um, most digitally savvy, uh, folks. And, mm-hmm. and their, their approach is like, well, look, because they're, the franchisor, they're just trying to add value for the franchise, right. right? And, and give them some benefits and brand lift out of, out of the franchise network. And so they, um, th- their approach is more or less like, okay, let's, Let's put this with our most savvy folks, our most savvy franchisees, and if if it passes the test with them, then we'll roll it out wider. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, how long is a test for them to see meaningful results? Uh, usually, uh, happens within three months or so. Really? So in in ninety days or so, they are able to see like, oh, this is much better than what we had previously. Yeah. Uh, within usually within ninety days, we're being asked to expand services mm-hmm. for them, uh, either into a, a different. Um, line of marketing or uh, with expanded number of locations. Now, when you say lines of marketing, are you talking about the like pay-per-click or um, Facebook ads, things like that? Um, more at the strategy level. So like uh, maybe we'll start helping them with um, franchise development, which is the, the process of selling new franchise. Right, locations. That's the franchise or getting new franchisees. E- exactly. Right. And um and then so we may start there and then go into 
uh, actual location marketing or analytics at the location level or vice versa. Uh, you know, our approach is, is really to, uh, when we start a relationship with a brand is, is really to try to understand where they're at and what their needs are and then, uh, tailor our solution around, um, uh, serving those needs. So can you share an example where maybe there was a franchise that had maybe 10 to 20 locations, you came in and maybe helped them locally? At, like, do the local franchisees all of a sudden see a bump in terms of new customers, more engagement? Uh, yeah. So um, so we've worked with a uh, – uh, you guys may not be familiar with this brand because they serve uh, primarily women, but it's uh, something called a blow-dry bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's um, – I don't know if I'm allowed to say the exact brand. Right. Name, don't, you don't you don't have to name any yeah. names, but just an idea of what type of uh, activity you were doing and what kind of result they were getting. Yeah, basically we were connecting to their point of sale system. We were finding out who their most valuable customers are mm-hmm. and they had no idea. You know, so, so I, they were dealing and meeting and they knew the people. They knew Mary yeah. and they knew Sue. But yep. they didn't kind of understand the persona of Mary and Sue or they had uh, at each location, they, it turned out they would have a core group of maybe 20 people mm-hmm. that, that, um, that produced something like 65% of their revenue. So like heavy users of the service. Yeah. So it, they're, they're, uh, you know, SaaS is eating the world. It's not just uh software. It's, it's SaaS models in general, right. right. With the, that Mark Andreessen quote. And, uh, so that particular chain has a SaaS model for, um, for blowouts. And, um, and so their biggest subscribers. So it's kind of a membership. Yeah. 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 You can pay like 99 a month. You can pay like 600 a month and, and go every day. Like that. Yeah. The, it <laughs> How was, many times can you get your hair put? You know, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to say that I'm an uh, expert <laughs> in the menuing systems right. at, at blow dry bars. Cause I've, I've never, <laughs> never been to one and I've, I've tried not to tell my wife that we, that we work with them. Right. But, um, but yeah, basically it's, it's sort of tiered escalating right. service consumption where, uh, they just had these, um, this halo effect of folks that would start with like a bridal party and right. expand from there. And so we could show them that and we could market just to their halo customers. And we could also uh, market to those folks that were in their list that seemed to come one time, maybe two times and then never come back. Right. So people that had low frequency, low recency. So like, how would you um, uh, help them kind of market to that group that that okay so i get the heavy user part you want to be super nice to your super fans but that person that came just randomly or once or twice how do you move them up kind of the ladder well that's the that's the interesting part because the it it's uh it can't be um over uh stressed that the ability to actually separate them cleanly is is not really easy to do and so just the fact that we could tell the franchise, like, hey, look, here's a way to speak to just the folks that seem to try your services one or two times and don't come back, that that's a huge win for them by itself. Just by itself. Because then the marketing strategy, they're all expert marketers, right? They're mm-hmm. really good at like price, place, uh, right. promotion, you know, all those things in marketing. So just helping them identify them was exactly. extremely valuable. And so now we can take those, we can push them out to – Google. And so you can send a different message, a different um, uh, promotion to just the folks that you want to retry. 
right? And you, you can take an apologetic strategy, you can take a coupon strategy, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can say something completely different to your to your Halo customers. And then you can then market to people that look like your Halo customers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's one of the benefits that we get out of this too, right? Like we all know that Google and Facebook and these like giant uh, megalopoly sort of media publishers have treasure troves of data on every American, right? Right. Um, and so what we're able to do is leverage the fact that they have all this extra attribute data. And so what we'll do is send them up a list of segmented customers. And then, um, we'll ask them to expand the audience with their data. And we don't really have a lot of insight into what that is and exactly the secret sauce of how they do it, but giving them the seed audience that is, this is who we want. Right. Give You're us almost more, there. Give us right? more people like this. Well, the nice part is we don't have to know. Right. It's not. And in a lot of ways, I don't want to know. Right. But um, but, but for that seems, franchisee in um in uh, Montana, that's very helpful information, right? It, <laughs> because exactly. now they can identify the other fifty people that match that the profile they have, and then they have a shot at them. That's right. We're giving um, franchisees and franchisors the ability to get extra value out of all of the data that the Google and Facebooks of the world. And they, have. they already have this data. You're just giving it back to them in a way that's more actionable. Uh, we're connecting it all. They right. have all this data it's spread out all over the place. We're connecting it all and putting it in a place where the marketer can take action on it. And then what does it look like from the marketer standpoint? How is their day different when transitive is part of their kind of tech stack? Uh, well, it, it, it's a lot simpler, right? Because we answer um, those high level burning questions for marketers in a very, very simple way. Like, so, is, but is it, what does it look like? Is there a dashboard that says, this is, if I can say, okay, best customers, and then you're giving me these are the attributes, and this is how I can just plug and play it into my Facebook ads now? Like, how, yeah, what does absolutely. it look like from my standpoint? So when you're looking at segmentation, yeah, there's absolutely a, a dashboard, and, and we show you very cleanly separated into, five categories according to some, you know, very classical, uh, uh, catalog marketing strategies in terms mm-hmm. of like, um, recency, frequency, and monetary value. And so you get all of your data, uh, pushed into those, um, segments. And then you can say, okay, well, look, our, our five, five, fives, which is like the, the, the halo type customers right. in, in an, in an RFM model like that. Uh, that's only 10% of our business. Uh, that's only 10% of our customer count. And it looks like our, our ones are 60% of our customer account. I'm like, okay, well, let's say something different to both of those. And it, and it just becomes very easy. Like, okay, well, let's click next and let's build a list off of the ones and let's click next and let's build a list off of the fives. Mm-hmm. Um, so now for the, what are some of the mistakes you see franchisors and franchisees making? Is it that they don't have a robust enough email list or they, they're not doing a good job in that area? Or you think everybody's got that now to, you know, um, if I would, call it a mistake. Um, I don't want to call it a mistake because it's the entire reason we exist. Right. <laughs> uh, but the one, uh, missed opportunity, missed maybe. opportunity that they have is, uh, if you think about the history of data and, and collected data, we've collected more data last year, uh, the last two years than we've collected in all of human history. Right. And right. that's that sort of like, uh, two year sliding window keeps going forward. So the, the one key thing, uh, that, that all of these uh, businesses struggle with is they have so much data and so little ability to do anything with it. 
Um, and, and so basically our, our whole, uh, model at transitive is, is helping them do something useful with it. Right. So now what is the easiest way for them to start capturing data to make usable so they can get the most out of transitive? Well, like I say, most of them are already capturing a lot of data and they just, they don't really have a clear idea a lot of times of exactly what kind of asset they've built up internally. Mm-hmm. And so there, uh, in terms of easy ways, like newsletter signups, uh, things that build your email list, uh, and then being attached that being able to attach that, uh, throughout every other system in your organization. That's the part where they, where they struggle. It's not mm-hmm. actually the collection. It's the being able to link it all together. So now as part of the transitive offering, um, your own kind of CRM and all that stuff, or is this a kind of a bolt onto their existing, whatever they have, you're kind of agnostic and they just kind of play nicely with whatever they're using. Yeah. So we're, we're not a CRM. CRM companies are actually our uh, key partners for us as mm-hmm. are all the, the point of sale and existing folks. So we're totally agnostic to whatever CRM uh, they use and uh, we'll connect and pull data out of it. We don't force any changes back on those systems. Uh, cause our, our goal is it's really hard to sell something and come in and say, Hey, the first thing you need to do is just, just throw everything you had throw everything away. away, disrupt your on, entire yeah. business. Right. So, sound great. That's, uh, as much as that might be a great thing to do in some cases, it just, that's not, uh, that's not a that's sales not strategy a real that world, succeeds. Uh, it's hard to sell that. So now for you, what do you need more of right now? Uh, more of right now. Um, that's a good question. Uh, we're pretty focused on our core engineering team, uh, at the moment we're kind of uh, scaling really fast. So for us, a lot of our focus is on infrastructure optimization, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, we've got a sales process that's, that's pretty good and, and pretty repeatable, but that, uh, you know, uh, places strains on the rest of our business. That, right. So As that's you what get we the spend, new opportunities, it, exactly. you got to start serving and fulfilling. But that's what we spend most of the time managing. Now, um, how'd you get involved with ATDC? Um, we filled out the contact form. On that the was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning of the journey. I would say, uh, it, had either one of you worked with ATDC previously in your other kind of iterations? Never. So this is the first time. First time. So how has it been? It, uh, I will it, it has been great. And, uh, the screening process is, is really rigorous. I would say mm-hmm. it was, um, we've been through, you know, it, we raised a venture round, uh, in 2019 and, uh, ATDC, I can tell you, uh, has a tougher screening round than most venture capital firms. <laughs> but w- was it helpful to be an ATDC company? Did that help you raise money or was that something that, um, it didn't matter? Um, your, your product and service is so strong. It, uh, it's, they, they happen kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, in the process of raising around, we were able to go to venture Atlanta. And I think in terms of ATDC, um, uh, they still, they still put us through a really, really rigorous screening process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being a venture Atlanta, um, presenting company was really helpful in that right. and, and gave us a good leg up, I think. Do you feel like ATDC will be a good res- resource for you in terms of getting more talent 
and tapping into the 100 percent. yeah and that, that's that, probably one of the main drivers of why you're here completely yeah so the, the main reasons why uh we wanted to do the acdc program was um engineering talent access to georgia tech right mm-hmm. georgia tech's like you, you know west coast vcs are funny they'll ask you like well you're gonna be able to hire anybody back there in those backwoods i know in, in the outhouse you know yeah, like yeah, exactly. they, they think the, we're like the beverly you know like the beverly the, hillbillies right they, they, yeah. <laughs> They don't say that, but it's pretty it's clear that's what they think. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we've got, you know, basically a top five, uh, research institution just pumping out. And some let them best. think that we're <laughs> struggling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So better access to talent and then also the entrepreneur uh, network and introductions. And, you know, I feel like on my way to get some of this wonderful Waffle House coffee every morning, I can almost talk to, uh, somebody that can help me with almost anything. I need, uh, every day. <laughs> and Atlanta is a good franchise or market as well. There's a lot of franchises it, here. It is huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, resources here in, in town for you guys. Yeah. It, it, I don't know that we could have picked a better place, uh, to do this business. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you that we picked it this way on purpose, but, uh, the fact is we just happened to be here. And then uh, for you, as you go forward, you, you've completed a round. You're looking for more funds right now, or you're right now just kind of building out the team and the um, just kind of expansion? Uh, thankfully, we're not looking for a round of funding because uh, that's a very time-consuming Right. That process. was a job unto itself, right? It, it Maybe too, yeah. And uh, so right now we're focused on execution and scaling mm-hmm. and uh, just you know proving out our milestones. So now what's the funnest part for you? Uh, the funnest part for yeah. me, um, you know, it's basically just like, uh, the fact that this thing that was fundamentally just scratching a personal itch, uh, turns out other people had the same itch <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, just getting to, to keep scratching it, I guess. So now if somebody wanted to learn more, what's the best way to get a, a hold of you guys? Uh, the best way to get a hold of us is to. Uh, website website transitive.io just take the e off of the end mm-hmm. um, and uh and just email sales at transitive.io good stuff well thank you so much for sharing your story today thank you guys for having me all right this is lee Cantor for stone payton we will see you all next time on atdc radio